following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody. How you feeling out there? Come on now. Had several, had several kids walk in tonight, and I said, school's almost out, and they looked at me like I'd lost my mind. <laughs> Evidently, those kids are going to summer school. And they didn't realize what I was saying was a truth. Is this the last week? Huh? Is this the last week? I know my, uh, my ninth grade grandchild is uh, taking his finals, so there's nothing after finals, is there? Except a, hopefully a good report card. <laughs> hey, kids, school's out. Hey, mom and dad, school's out. How you like that? So next Wednesday, we're going to have a big old, big old crowd here. Because all the people that were not able to come because their kids have to go to bed, and some kids do it. I'm, this is not, I'm not trying to be funny. Had to go be in bed by 7, 30, 8 o'clock. They couldn't come to Wednesday night church. But next Wednesday, we're going to see a passel of them. They're going to be in here in droves next week. Because they hadn't forgotten how great Wednesday nights are at Christian Life Church. Amen. It's an honor to see all of you. Boy, I love the worship tonight. I love the worship. I got into worship tonight. I love worship. David said seven times a day, I'm going to praise him. Seven times a day, I'm going to praise him. Seven times a day, I'm going to praise him. And the joy of praise is that he inhabits that. He lives on that. And he enjoys that. God's habitat, God's living place is praise. When you start praising him, you find his address. And you don't even have to knock on the door. He'll open it up and let you come in to him because he loves the praise of his people. He really, really does. Yesterday, yesterday we had a beautiful day in our house. Patty and I are uh, proud grandparents. And if you're an unproud grandparent, you need my grandkids because <laughs> I love my grandkids. And we had another addition yesterday. Don't put the picture up yet. Let me set her up. Let me set her up. Don't put the picture up yet. We had a, we had a great addition. And uh, it was so awesome. About 10.56 yesterday morning, we were all at the hospital. And uh, we were all standing out there. And, and Jaron was inside the nursery because the baby had already been born. And he was going to reveal the gender because we didn't want to know, they didn't want to know, we did, they didn't, <laughs> the gender of this child. And so five of us said, boy, so that was me, I'm no prophet. <laughs> and three said, girl, and they're no prophetesses, they just guessed. But when I saw her face, I knew immediately this is no boy. And Jaron started throwing down these cards like, we're so happy we've been on this trip with this wonderful family, next card. Thank you for being at the hospital today. Next card. We've had a beautiful birth today. Next card. We're so excited you're here to witness it with us. Next card. Get to the point. <laughs> Next card. And we're, we're all here together to just see what we have. Next card. And we want to present to you. Next card. <laughs> a wonderful. Next card. Child. Next card. <laughs> that we adore. Next card. He had 30 cards. I'm done. He had 30 cards. And finally, he said, we want to introduce Jennings Kate Davis. 
And here she is, ladies and gentlemen, here she is. Welcome to the world. <laughs> and I want to I give credit where credit's due. Brad put the name on her. Brad's the one that came up with the name. Brad is a namer. He's a namer. He put the name on her. Jennings Kate. Eight pounds, five ounces. 21 inches. She's really 20 and three quarter inches. But they rounded it up because they couldn't find a three quarter. But she's 21 inches. And she's a beautiful girl. And as soon... Now, I'm not in a hurry, but as soon as I get through tonight, I'm headed north because I hadn't seen her all day. And I, I need to see that child again today. So I'm going north. I'll see y'all on Sunday. I'm preaching again on Sunday. So if you're not going out of town, I'll be here. We're going to have a great time on Sunday. But that's her. She's pretty cute. Now, I want you to look at something. I want you to check the nose. My grandmother used to tell me I had three-cornered nose holes. Corner, corner, corner. Three-corner. That child has got three-cornered nose holes right there. She's got my nose, so she's bound to have one little flaw in that beautiful face, and that's my nose. But she's our doll, and we love her. And we have four granddaughters now and four grandsons. God's even the score, and we're excited. Many of you may have seen, you can take her down after about 30 more minutes, go ahead. <laughs> Many of you may have seen, Casty posted something yesterday on Facebook, Instagram. She posted me coming out of the little store downstairs with a big old dinosaur. I was carrying that dinosaur. That dinosaur was heavier than I thought it was going to be. And I had to grab him and just really get a hold of him because he was, he was egg-shaped. You know, he was this way. Like a, like a pear, I mean. You couldn't get a hold of his head and hold on. You had to turn him upside down almost and hold him. And I came out of there because my, my, grandson, my grandson, Finley, loves dinosaurs. He knows every dinosaur. He's four years old and he knows every dinosaur. He knows every one of them. He can name them just by, just by viewing them. Uh, he's going to be a dinosaurianism or whatever he's going to get. <laughs> but I said, what is this? He said, he looked up at me and he said, T-Rex. And I got him that because I wanted him to be happy about his sister and not be mad about his sister. And I got a little, little pink bear for little linen. Then I was going to go get something for the, the daughter or son that was born because I didn't want to choose wrong. And uh, then I acted like I chose right. I said, look, I bought her a pink bear and I gave it to the new baby. And I've got to get little linen something so y'all pray that... <laughs> She won't catch a hold of that <laughs> secret. <laughs> we're still happy to have Phil and Annie Daigle here with us and their three sons, and we love them so very much. We're still welcome them to the house of God. And uh, <clears throat> their kids are already calling me Pastor Bo. Dear Lord, have mercy. Kids catch on so quick. Would you stand, you're awesome people. And I'm happy to be preaching to you tonight. I want to go back a Sunday uh, two Sundays ago, and, and, and thank once again these wonderful ladies that just did so well. I, I want to tell them all, and they know who they are, but I want to tell all of them that many people were here last Sunday because of what they felt and saw and heard on Mother's Day from our ladies of our church. Let's give them another great hand. That's just, that's just pretty good stuff. That's pretty good stuff. 
If you're not out of town Sunday, please be in church. It's just mind over mattress. Get up and come on. Monday's a holiday. Don't let Sunday be another holiday. Just come on. You can go to the lake on Monday. You'll get burnt to a crisp on Monday. Just come on Sunday to the house of God. I'll be here and we'll be happy to see you. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor tonight. <clears throat> I'm going to preach a standalone tonight. And what I mean by that is I'm going to talk just out of my, out of my spirit to you tonight. And uh, then next week, I'm going to speak on two Wednesday nights on the wind of the spirit, the spirit of God. I'm going to talk about the Holy Ghost the next two Wednesday nights. And we're going to have a great time here on Wednesday night. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to help the pastor and you may be seated. God bless. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Annie. I read about a preacher's kid who pestered his dad to let him buy some fireworks. The family was on one of those drive-in vacations, meaning that it was cheaper to drive through than to stop and stay. And en route to nowhere, the family passed one fireworks stand after another. And the boy kept saying, Daddy, I want some fireworks. Can I have some fireworks? He's about eight or nine years old and he's driving his dad crazy. Finally, the minister stopped and said, all right, go get your fireworks, son. Get out of here and go get your fireworks. And the boy raced to the fireworks stand. And he saw Roman candles and firecrackers and lady fingers and rockets and a child's arsenal of things with fuses. And the boy made his purchase and ran back to the car. And the father said upon his entrance, you can take the fireworks home, but you can't, you can't fire them off and set them off until there's another holiday. We're past this one. I call that cruel and unusual punishment. That's high crimes of misdemeanors and felonies upon a father. But upon returning home, the boy put the brown paper bag full of fireworks in an upstairs closet high on the shelf so nobody would get it. For days and weeks, he thought about the power that would be unleashed on the next holiday. But time passed. Out of sight, out of mind. Holidays came and went, and the bag was forgotten. And the child grew into a man. And years afterward, telling the story, the man said, I forgot my dream about those fireworks were going to deliver for me. It's only years later that they were taken out. He said, I think my dad tried to set off a Roman candle. And those things apparently have a shelf life. They didn't work at all. Dreams. Pastor, I'm here on Wednesday night, but I forgot my dream. I used to have a dream, but I forgot it. You don't need to worry. Heaven has a forgotten dream department. Tonight, I speak on caretaker of forgotten dreams. I want to talk about the caretaker of forgotten dreams. Daniel said, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times of the season. And he removes kings and raises up kings. And he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And he reveals deep and secret things. And he knows what is in the darkness. And light dwells with him. Dreams have a way of approaching us stealthily in the night. Like some skittish, fearful creature. They slink about the periphery of the subconscious and the unconscious mind. The light of day often frightens them away and the dreamer forgets his dream. I'd like to ask you to be honest with me. Have you ever forgotten a dream? I have. I remember when I was younger, 
I used to have dreams in the night about something that I needed to preach. And if I didn't get up and write it down, the moment I awakened, about two hours after it was, I was awakened, it was like manna in the wilderness. It had melted. And I had forgotten it, and I never got it back. One of the greatest stories of God's power is how Daniel tracked down a king's forgotten dream. The king's name was Nebuchadnezzar. He reigned over an ancient, powerful kingdom of Babylon. And Daniel and the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were all captive of that powerful king of Babylon. His story is told in the book of Daniel. Early in his reign, dreams troubled him. Daniel wrote about it, said in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, he had dreams, he had dreams. And his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. He had some dreams that woke him up. He had some dreams that he couldn't sleep through. And the king called for his wise men and magicians and astrologers and sorcerers. He says, he tells him what happened. He said, I have had a dream and and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. See, the business was commonplace to the wise man. It was no big deal. What groceries are to grocers and cars are to car dealers. Dreams are to wise men. Each had been trained from the early age to translate the import and the importance of dreams. One can almost hear the bored tones in their voice when the wise men say, Tell us the dream and we'll give you the meaning of it. They had said it all their lives. Imagine their shock though when the king tells them that he has forgotten the dream. He can't remember it. Then he pulls the rug out from beneath their feet by demanding that they tell him what he dreamed and provide him the meaning of the dream. And the wise men predictably said, there's not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such thing of any magician or astrologer or a Chaldean. It's a difficult thing that the king's request, and there's no other, other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is now not with flesh. They are spirit beings. So the king gave his wise men the imperial multiple choice. Here it is. A, you obey me what I ask for and you live, or B, you disobey and die. <laughs> pretty quick. And the wise men left the king's presence shaken. They had been right in their advice to the king. No man can recall another's forgotten dream, but I know one that can. Only God can do such a thing. And I want to preach to some people here tonight that may have dreamed one time in your life. You may have dreamed of great things in your life and great things that you were going to accomplish, but you've forgotten those dreams because time happens to all of us And we put those dreams high on a shelf in the upstairs closet. And we forgot where we stacked them. We forgot where we put them. And now, now we can't remember what they were about. Now we can't remember what we dreamed. Now we have forgotten our dreams. But I'm telling you, there's a God that I'm preaching about tonight. That is a take caretaker of forgotten dreams in your life. And he can take your forgotten dreams and make them more powerful and palatable than anything you've ever imagined. Does anybody believe what this preacher's saying right now? Anybody? He's a caretaker of forgotten dreams. I introduced in the previous chapter a young man named Daniel. He and his three Hebrew friends now named Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did not delay. They began to pray to the caretaker of forgotten dreams. 
Can I, can I declare something to this congregation tonight? I don't want to be hard. I just want to preach a gospel to you tonight. But can I declare that sometimes when you've forgotten your dream, if you'll just get down and pray, God will bring it back to you right now. There's something about prayer that just changes everything in the kingdom of God. And it changes things. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Changes things. I want to preach first of all and teach first of all that each of us have a God-given dream. We do. We have God-given dreams. I'm talking to 50-year-olds tonight. I'm talking to 60-year-olds tonight. I'm talking to 40-year-olds tonight. Every one of us have God-given dreams. We do. The king had dreams, God-given dreams, and so do we. And you know what? He wasn't a religious person. He did not trust in the God of Israel, but he had dreams. God gives each of us a given dream, and God speaks in a variety of ways. He, he speaks through nature. He speaks through his word. His voice can be found in friends and enemies alike, but one of the God-chosen methods of communication is the dream. Moses said that God speaks to people in visions and in dreams in Numbers chapter 12. When the cares of the day are past, God meets us by night. He waits until our defenses are down and our shields are lowered. He threads his way beyond sleeping sentries and meets us in our dreams. What dreams the king had. Boy, he had some dreams. He dreams of a huge creature fashioned from various materials. Watch this now. That creature he saw had a head of gold. He had a chest of silver. He had a belly and thighs of brass. He had legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. And later he built a 60-cubit statue of what he dreamed. Dreams of huge, he also dreamed of a huge stone striking this image and destroying it. That stone was hewn out of a mountain and rolled down the mountain and crushed into the image and destroyed it. And the stone started growing and filling the whole earth. Does anybody here know who that stone is? Anybody here know who the stone is that's going to crush all the kingdoms of this world one day? Anybody know who the stone is that's going to stand forever and ever? Anybody know who the stone is that's going to grow bigger and bigger? Can I declare it to you right now? You might as well get ready for this. Mohammed's not going to be the name in the last day. Buddha's not going to be the name in the last day. No, sir. The name of Jesus is going to be the name in the last day. You get ready. The stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Get ready. That stone that Nebuchadnezzar saw coming down the hill was a stone he didn't know the name of, but I know its name. His name is Jesus. Can we have a Jesus party here right now? Can we clap our hands and rejoice over the fact there's a stone growing every day? Hallelujah. Woo, glory. These were dreams that had to be revealed, brought into light of day to give light in dark times to come because some of us need understanding of what's going to happen in this last day. And Nebuchadnezzar saw it. He saw it as an image he saw it as a man with a gold head and silver chest. And they had, they had bronze here and they had iron here and iron and clay here. He saw it. And he saw a stone coming and crushing it. Which lets me know, and I, I, I know this is, this is not preaching for a response, but I just got to tell you, Jesus wins in the end. The church wins in the end. Ain't nobody, 
Ain't nobody can do us like Jesus can. And that's one reason God gives people dreams. He speaks in this present darkness to illuminate the future. He wants you to know that you with him will win. We need today's dreams for tomorrow's darkness. What separates those who succeed from those who fail? I've long believed that those who succeed are those who hold on to their dreams. Say amen to that. A recent study seems to prove this. 200 highly successful people were studied. And the studies show that all of them had one thing in common, the ability to dream and to dream big. Punch your neighbor and say, it's time to get to dreaming big. From these dreams, they set goals. And from those goals, they accomplished goals, brought the dreams into the light of day. Woodrow Wilson, a former president, said, we grow great by dreams. All great men and women are dreamers. They see things in the soft haze of a spring day or in the red fire on a long winter's evening. Some of us let those great dreams die, but others nourish and protect them and nourish them through bad days until the sunshine and light appears. It appears to those who sincerely hope that their dreams will come true. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. We appreciate that. God knows how he made us. He made us with the capacity to dream. God knows what we need. We need to dream. Three years ago, four years ago, Patty and I were given a beautiful trip by this church to take a Mediterranean cruise, and we went to Barcelona to get on that cruise ship. Oh, that's over there in Spain. That's not in Texas. (laughs) And one place I wanted to go was the 1992 Olympic Stadium, and I wanted to find the place where the dream team, my favorite basketball team of all times, is not the Celtics. It's not the Bulls, it's not the Warriors, and it's not the Spurs. It's the dream team. When they took on the world and just kicked them. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I went there and I saw where the dream team vanquished their opponents because they were called that because they were everybody's dream of the greatest basketball players to ever live. And I want to tell you something. When you get a hold of a dream, you don't have to visit a stadium You just have to reach out and get a hold of Jesus Christ. He is the dream maker. He's the dream keeper. He's the dream comforter. He's a dream blesser. And he is, he is a man that can keep your dreams alive. He's a caretaker of forgotten dreams. Since man's fall in the garden, we dream of the garden. We dream of fulfillment, things being set right in harmony. See, a life without dreams, folks, is like a train without a track. A life without a dream is like a car without a highway. A life without a dream is like an airplane without a sky or a ship without a sea. We need a God-given purpose for living. We need an overriding sense of what is important. We need dreams. Daniel told the king, you're the head of gold. Listen to me. King, this is where you fit in the picture. You're the head of gold. This is how you ought to function. God told me to tell everybody in this house tonight, I don't care if you're lower income, high income, low low education, high education, no matter what culture you come from, no matter what your background is, you are the head of gold. God told me to tell you that tonight. Go ahead and receive that right now. Say, I receive that. You're the head of gold. Come on, you're the head of gold. You got a dream, the head is gold and you're that head. God wants you to know this for yourself. He wants you to know why you're here. He wants you to see clearly what your life is all about. 
Your life is about an abundant life and a purposeful life. Live for him and you have what it takes to do it. So why don't you just go ahead and plug in and let God take you back and let you remember your forgotten dreams and walk in 2019 like this is your first day of the rest of your life. Come on, people. God don't want you living in the same situation you've lived in the last 15 years. He wants you to come out of it. He wants you to come out and be separate. You don't have to stay drug bound. You don't have to stay alcohol infested. You don't have to stay sexually immoral. You can live for God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Oh, oh. Those who step into their dreams find fulfillment. Helen Keller said, the only truly happy people are the people who have found a cause bigger than themselves. Has anybody ever heard that statement from this pastor in the last 29 years? A cause greater than herself. A cause bigger than us. Let me tell you something. We're not the cause. There's a cause bigger than us that God wants to hook us into. Amen, Helen. Getting dreams is easy. Forgetting dreams is easier. Dreams are easily forgotten, point number two. It's easy to forget your dreams. It's easy to put your dreams in a top closet, high on a shelf upstairs, out of sight, out of mind. Dreams don't come equipped with handles. They're elusive. They're slippery. They're easily lost. Daniel 1, the king sees God's strength. Daniel 2, the king discovers God's secret. Daniel 3, throws three boys in a fiery furnace. Because he forgot God and he forgot his dreams. Dreams are easily forgotten. We fail when we forget our dreams. You know, most human failures can be traced to amnesia. We're forgetful creatures. Now, don't, don't start telling me you remember everything. You ever lost your keys? How about a wallet? How about your driver's license? How about a credit card that is the credit card? I lost one of them the other day. Mm-hmm, you bet you. Mm-hmm. And I could not sleep. But because we forget, we borrow. We live on borrowed dreams. We live on vicarious visions. You remember when Peter in Acts 10 was on the rooftop, Simon the Tanner's house. And he went upstairs. He went on top of the roof to lay out and get a little sun on that Jewish head. And God gave him, put him in a trance and gave him a vision. So showed him a dream. And he showed him a sheet being dropped out of heaven. And there was all manner of clean and unclean animals on that sheet. And God said, rise, Peter, slay and eat. And Pete looked at that sheet and he said, I don't eat anything common or unclean. And God sent it down the second time. And he said, Peter, same, same, same scenario. Rise and eat it. Slay it and eat it. Pete said, I don't eat that. And God said, what I've cleansed, let no man call common. He sent it down a third time. And by this time, Pete was probably awakened and was really seeing a real sheet because God wasn't going to let him go. He'd have showed it to him a thousand times if he had to. And he showed it to him the third time and he, he said, Peter, rise, slay, and eat. For what I have cleansed, what I have cleansed, don't you ever call common. Don't you ever call it unclean. Can I just give you a little vision of what God wants to do with this church? Anybody that walks in these doors, God allowed them to walk in these doors. 
And when you see them, don't throw your hand at them and say they're unsavable. There's nobody unsavable in the kingdom of God. Come on. There's nobody unsavable in the kingdom of God. Everybody's a candidate for salvation. Clap your hands. Everybody matters in the kingdom of God. And God shows Simon he will reach beyond the Jews to the Gentiles. Heaven dispatched Simon Peter on a pivotal trip to Cornelius' house. And Peter stood brave against the criticism of his own people, defended his actions on nothing more than a dream. Just a dream. But the story doesn't end there. Soon Simon Peter has slunk back to his old way of living. I hate when I slink back from my dreams and I've done it before. He refuses to eat with the Gentile believers in Antioch. He ate with them until the Judaizers came and he got up and changed tables. What happened? He forgot his dream. He forgot that morning, that noonday sun visit from God on the top of that house in Joppa. Some sell out on their dreams. Some compromise their dreams. Most of us simply forget ours. We worship at the altar of forgetfulness. Our minds then become dreamless and our eyes are visionless and our spirits are listless. And the dream takes wings and is forgotten. Or as one woman said, once I knew the sense of freedom, once I saw the glittering face of enchantment, once I felt the love of nature, once I smelt the magical fragrance of the flowers, once I heard the songs of, my, of the mystics and talked to the animals, once I lived the life of fantasies and climbed the highest mountains, once I was adventurous and was excited by the strike of danger, but it's gone. Where did it go? Where did it go? Clara Adden wrote it in a, in a poem called Forgotten Dreams. I minister to someone this evening. I'm talking to someone right now. And the whole hum of your life has replaced idealism. And the status quo is your street address now. And boredom has become your middle name. The diagnosis, a forgotten dream. What Dr. Phil and Oprah can't give you. What mystics and Jerry Springer can't provide you. And what Beverly Hill housewives and young and the restless can't do for you. God can. God can. He is still the caretaker. The caretaker. Come on, clap your hands. Of forgotten dreams. And I close tonight in just about another 10 minutes. I see the runway. Everybody say, God gives dreams. But we forget those sometimes. But God can restore forgotten dreams. Say, God can restore. He can do it. Daniel and his three friends prayed, and God reached into the ethereal dream world and captured the king's dream. And God looked at Daniel and wondered. Can I trust you with another man's dream? Mm. He could and he did. I asked God today, God, can you still trust me with another man's dream? I'd like to tell you he hadn't answered that yet. I said yes to it, but I don't know if it was him or not. But I want, some, I want to be someone that can be trusted 
with another man's dream. The last thing I want to be is jealous of another man's dream. The last thing I want is to be envious of where somebody's going with their dream. Because I'm the same head of gold that they are. I have the same God that they have. Why should I look across this congregation as a saint or as a pastor or as some kind of member of this church and, 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 and look at other people and say, if I only had what they had. No, 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 no. God's given you a dream. God's given you a vision. God's given you an understanding. And so you have forgotten that and you have left it alone. But God said, I'm going to come back and restore it to you. And somehow in the second half, in the second half of 2019, some of us are going to step out of where we are right now. We're going to step out of where we are right now and we're going to get back that forgotten dream into our life and we're going to see the glory and the beauty and the display of what God has for us. Hear me now. Don't don't clap too much. Hear me right now. Churches have hurt your feelings. Churches have hurt your hearts. Pastors have been down on you and preached you under instead of over. But I'm here to declare this is a place where dreams still come true. They will come true in this house. You still can dream in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Hear me, audience. Hear me tonight. Daniel was trustworthy. Trustworthy men can be used by God to restore others' dreams. Daniel said he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. That was my text. Call him Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides because he does. Call him Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there because he is. But also call him caretaker of forgotten dreams. He's that also. If he's Jehovah Jireh, if he's Jehovah Shammah, he's a caretaker of forgotten dreams. Randy you can help me. In our modern day, the most common epitaph on grave markers is gone but not forgotten. But on a dream's tombstone, it says forgotten but not gone. I want to declare to you, if you have come with some kind of leadership ability into this church, you will not be put down or set down. You will be a leader in a church called Christian life. If you've come with some kind of ability to teach or to direct or to sing or to help with children, we will not put you on the bench for six months. You will be doing that in just a little while because we don't want your dream to die here. We want your dream to live here. And God's a caretaker of those kind of dreams. Amen. There's films out. There's things that are being shown, and I've been reading a little bit. And I just want to make a statement. The space shuttle flew again, folks. You know, when the Challenger exploded in 86, they stopped flying for two-plus years. And then when Columbia was landing, trying to find a landing place, it, it came apart. And parts were found all over Texas in the Sabine River in Louisiana. There was all kinds of scraps found because the dream was shattered. 
And after that Columbia disaster in 2003, former astronaut Buzz Aldrin said that the greatest tragedy that America would ever have would be not to fly again. <laughs> Can I declare America flew again and again and again and again and we're still flying. The dream was not forgotten. One of the interesting stories from the seven astronauts who perished on Columbia was that of Elon Ramon, the Israeli pilot. Elon's mother was a survivor in Auschwitz. His grandfather and other family members perished in Nazi death camps. And to commemorate their memory, Elon carried a drawing into space made by a Jewish boy who had also experienced the Holocaust. And the picture drew earth as seen from outer space. This kid imagined what it would look like. He dreamed what it would look like. But the boy would die never seeing such a sight. But Elon fulfilled that dream. He became the eyes of that little dreamer when he saw earth from outer space and realized the boy was pretty much on cue with what he had drawn. God awakens forgotten dreams. He stirs our memories. He takes us back to when we lived with a zeal and a zest and a hope and a harp and a song and a dance. Gifts and wishes, callings and desires, purposes and longings are all awakened. They're all awakened. When I saw, pardon me for a personal reference, when I saw that baby yesterday, I went back to a day when it looked all gone. All gone. How could I ever? How could I ever? Fast forward to yesterday. <laughs> May 21st, 2019. I look at my fourth grandbaby girl. And every one of them are good Lord, have mercy, gorgeous. And I look and saw four baby boys. Four and four. And God spoke to my heart and he said, hey, I even the score. And he wasn't talking about male versus female. He was talking about a dream. I've evened the score. It's all even now. And I told God, I said, God, I want to live to be 100. Because I want to live till all those kids get their college degree. One nationally known author and speaker wrote about her ordeals of raising a son who has special needs. And I don't mean to be sad tonight. I'm not sad. I'm just, I'm just talking about something that moves me. In her desperation, she once wrote some advice to the physicians who treated her son. She said, please give me back my son undamaged and untouched by your labels and test results and descriptions and categories. But if you can't, if you truly cannot give us back our son, then just be with us quietly and gently and compassionately as we feel. Sit patiently and attentively as we grieve and feel powerless. Sit with us and create a stillness known only in small, empty chapels at sundown. Be there with us as our witness and our friend. And as our friend, we need only a quiet shoulder upon which to rest our now two heavy heads. If you cannot give us back our sweet dream, then comfort us through this nightmare. I'd like for this church to know 
I'd like for everyone here that has forgotten some dreams to know that will be all the comfort that you need to get your dream back. We will hold you. We will pray for you. We'll love you. We'll do that. You watch it online. You need to come visit us because you need to feel what's happening in this church right now. We'll love on you. We'll care about you. I promise you, and we'll feed you some bluebell. <laughs> Comforting through the nightmare is something, sometimes the best we can do, and it's something we do well. But giving back the sweet dream is what God can do. God gives back the dream. Everybody said he still gives songs in the night. He still brings hope in hopeless situations. He renews faith. He restores joy. Come on, say it. He reignites the sparkle. He brings back the fireworks. He resurrects the brilliance. And he brings you to a new place. Stand all over the building. I love you very much. I love you very much. One man wrote a song. By the way, I have a friend named Dan Dean who sends me all his new songs. I get to hear them first. We're very dear to one another. He's like a young brother to me. He's not that much younger, but he's a younger brother. And he sent me three songs tonight, and I can't wait to hear them after church tonight. I got them just before church. He said, tell me what you think, and I'll tell him I love them all. But one man wrote it this way, last night I dreamed a dream, a wild utopian dream. This morning I awoke to clouds of dirty smoke. The sparrows coughed their morning song. The slums were back. The QEs were long. The dust lies deep and the trees all weep. Oh, send me back to sleep and give me back my dream. Send me back to sleep and give me back my dream. Alex, there's no need to go back to sleep. God can retrieve that forgotten dream because he's a caretaker of forgotten dreams. Would you lift your hands all over the room tonight? And I want you to pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I truly love you tonight. And I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for the pastor that has preached a word to me tonight that is fitly spoken. Like an apple of gold and a pitcher of silver. Because, Lord, I have dreamed dreams, and I have forgotten those dreams, and I've walked away from those dreams, and it's caused me to not dream anymore. But tonight, I want to leave here and go home and dream again of what you can be and what you can make me and what you can cause to come in my life I receive the word tonight I receive the word tonight in Jesus name clap your hands real big all over the house right now clap your hands clap your hands real big all over the house right now hallelujah I think we ought to go a step further I think we ought to gather with twos or threes on the same row and just kind of hold hands and lift those hands up And let's pray for one another. Come on, do that right now where you are. Right where you are tonight. Just pray for your neighbor. Come on. Lord.
be a caretaker of our forgotten dreams. Let us, let us dream again. Let us understand that you'll let us dream. You'll let us dream again. We can dream again. You can bring our dreams back. Our dreams can still come to fruition in Jesus' name. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let it happen, let it happen, let it happen, let it happen. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, pray for your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor right now. Pray for your neighbor. You that are online, pray right now. Put your hand over your heart and say, God, awaken my dreams tonight. Awaken my dreams. Awaken my dreams tonight in Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. Everybody say Sunday morning. Nine o'clock. Ten thirty. High noon. Church time. We've been having some great crowds. You've been awesome people. Let's stay awesome through the summer. Come on. No summer break. No summer break. You're in town, you come to church. You go on vacation, you come back. But you're in town, you get up. You come to the house of God. I love you. We'll see you Sunday. Pardon me. I'm going to slip out. I'm going to see my newest grandchild. I love y'all. Have a great, great night. We'll see you on Sunday. God bless you.